Tess is bullying me. We finally found names. You're going to get canceled just for that. You're going to get canceled. Because <laughs> now you're being a bully. I'm not a bully. You're He's treating you're me bully. and I haven't been in this podcast and now I come back and now you're going to argue with me? Something. Exactly. Because you ditched us. No, I didn't. Hi, guys. Let's talk about that? more. Let's talk that? about more important things. You hear things. that silence? You said hi, guys. You hear that silence? Nobody cares. Okay, goodbye. I'm leaving. Taz wants to talk to himself. You hear that? You hear that? You see? People Taz knows. All right, go ahead. You can start off the podcast. No, you know you, everything. Nah, well, now that you've been gone for so long, you probably have so much to say, so you can start talking. I'm just going to relax here. No, he, supposedly, I come back, and then Taz, being Taz, knows, know it all. He just knows everything, right? So I come back, and he mistreats me. But whatever. I'm just going to let it go. You hear that? No one believes you. No one's here. We don't have an audience yet. See, and she says you guys are nobodies. Don't have an you audience. You just got canceled. We Boom. have an audience, but over Boom. the audio. Boom. All right, I'm gonna talk. I win. Tell tell everybody. Just introduce something to someone. Crickets. Yeah, because we're all waiting for you to say something now. It's Tasmos podcast. <laughs> Enlighten us. Hate you. What are we talking about? <laughs> you can you can ask some. You, you probably have so many questions after a month of no, not I, talking. No, I don't. I'm not interested in what you have to say. I'm not interested in hearing your questions. Okay, well then I don't have to answer your questions. This is how we're gonna start this podcast. <laughs> this a the... minute and forty-seven seconds of you being annoying. All right, guys. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> All right, thanks. See you guys next time. <sighs> so tell us where you've been for a month. I've been here. I've been waiting for you. You've been Lies. getting sick and you're busy. I don't know what's wrong with you. Lies. <laughs> I've been here. Working a lot. Just watching. Just watching. Getting ready for a competition, but apparently it's been moved to October 21st. Right? So, yes, I've been getting ready for that. How about you? Grappling huh? tournaments get moved. Fights get moved. People get annoying. crazy. Yeah. yeah, what did people drive you crazy about this time? You. Yeah. All right, serious, serious face, serious face. All right, that was enough of an introduction. That was the introduction. That was the intro. I was ready for what you were going to tell me. What's driving you crazy? Oh, well, people, life. What about things? Life? People, objects, How things, you piss people. Me off? This is why, okay, humanity, whatever. persons. We're going to cut most of this out because <laughs> I don't want to hear this shit in the podcast, all right? I don't want to listen to this in the podcast. Um, I already forgot what we said we were going to talk about. Me too. So. Now we wanted to talk about the concept of like what it means to push yourself as an athlete, as a fighter, mixed martial mm, artist. And yes. how do you use that concept to train strategically for a it's fight, for a competition? Though. How do you use that? So we can break it down into... What does it mean to push yourself? Like, what do you mean when you tell us, you know, push yourselves every day? Because there, there's some of us overly do it. Some of us come to the gym, put in the work, how we think we're putting in the work. But is it effective? And so, how do you define that in MMA? And, and how, it t- t- I mean, based on the fighters and the people that you've watched 
over the course of your MMA career, how do you view that um, that concept of pushing yourself to get to your goals? Here's the thing with that. I'm still learning 100% what that means. Well, I don't know if you'll ever know 100% what that means, but I just know that the way that I was brought up into it might not necessarily be the best way. And I'm understanding that because we used to just run until the wheels came off. You know, if we weren't dead tired, if we weren't huffing and puffing at the end of class, we didn't push ourselves. And that's not always the case, you know, because when I was training, we had our days that we sparred and then we'd kind of work on technique and then we'd work on conditioning. How many times but, did you spar like three times a week? No, you said uh, sparring was yeah, sparring was two times officially, and then some of us would stay a little bit after other days to spar. Besides so I would, the class, besides the class, yeah. So I would make class for how long? I know for a fact that I used to stay after on Wednesdays with two of my my friends from the gym, and we would spar after just the three of us. Hmm. You know, and then we would have the actual sparring days that were set for victory. Mm. You know, so we were doing a lot of sparring, you know, and then with conditioning and all that stuff, it was go, go, go. And sparring days as well? Sparring days as well, yeah. You know, and that's where we've talked about how dumb we used to spar because it was just things escalated. There was no way of controlling. There was no way of measuring our strength. It was like you got hit hard, you hit them hard back. You know, and here we are, a bunch of people that think that we're not hitting each other hard. And then we get one that's really good. It's like, okay, but you hit me hard. Now I got to get you back. Receipts. Mm-hmm. You know, and that didn't work out the best all the time either. You know, so as a coach and as I kind of took over and, and sometimes it's frustrating for me to know where we came from because we can say what we say where we are now obviously some of us have, are a little bit more banged up than we would like to be um especially with you know like sometimes i don't feel like i'm only 32 you know because my hips hurt my back hurts my knee hurts i get weird headaches you know i was like i'm only 32 why am i feeling like this yeah you know but also from an era where stretching and proper warm-ups weren't a thing a thing yeah you know when i was lifting I never warmed up for lifting. You know, if I was was going to bench press, you know, the 70 pound dumbbells, you know, I would go to the gym, get my bench, pick up the 70 pound dumbbells and start benching. And I would just go. And you didn't feel weak at that time? Like, because you got to warm up your muscles. I did. You know, but I always said, all right, I got to get through this first set. Once I get to my second set, I'm going to feel a lot better. <laughs> so that was your warm up. So my my first set was my warm up, and even when I quote unquote started implementing warm up sets, yeah, it was just me doing instead of doing three sets of ten, I was doing four sets of ten, because oh, I would consider the first set a warm up with the same weight, was still with the seventy pound dumbbells. Oh my goodness! I was just doing an extra set because that would be my warm up, and then my three sets would be my working set. You yes. know, so. And you and, were lifting in a... And I was, I was lifting fo- like that three times a week. And you were lifting, what was your goal? Was you lifting to look a certain way or for athletic performance? Because that's the difference. Yes. And that I didn't learn 
right then and there because no one was necessarily telling me that. Mm. You know, so I this grew happened up, after Carla's situation, right? This like happened after, after yeah. This after. happened after after Carla got certified, and I actually started listening to her. Got it. Um, you know, but growing up a professional wrestling fan, you see these guys that are huge. Mm-hmm. You know, so in my mind is like I gotta be huge. And once I got into MMA, no one really explains to me the difference between athletic performance and and just being bulky with size. Yeah. You know, so I kept the same lifting routine that I've had since I was in eighth grade, you know, and it was just, I'm going to try to lift. I'm going to work out my chest. I'm going to work out my back. I'm going to work out my legs. And if I didn't feel like working out my legs, I wasn't going to work out my legs and I was just going to do upper body. There was a time period that I was only working out my chest and my back. Oh, wow. You know, and I didn't Johnny know Bravo. exactly what I was doing. I was just, all right, <laughs> I'm going to try to lift as much weight as I can for three sets of 10. And I'm going to do that three times a week with the same exercises. Mm. You know, so once I got into MMA, I was doing the same things. And then I was obviously doing the MMA conditioning and the technique classes and sparring. So I was getting faster in that sense. I was getting more cardio in that sense from that. But my lifting sessions on my own would still be kind of like the, the bodybuilder style, mm. the, the bro lifting, you know. So I was doing that for a long time just to get big. Lifting? Sorry, I'm just lifting. Lift, just, just lifting lift. as heavy as you can for no reason. Oh, that looks like a good machine. Let me go do that. Oh. I'm going to do upper body this day and legs on this day. But if I don't feel like doing legs, like, oh, damn, there's too many people at the gym. I'm going to skip leg day. <laughs> okay. You know, so that that was my mentality because I just, I, you know, to answer your question, I just wanted to get bigger, mm. you know. And then even when I lost my first fight, it was deemed that the guy was a lot bigger than me and I had to put on size if I was going to continue fighting. So that's when... Anthony and I got, we went to GNC, we got me a protein um, supplement, and then he's like, you're not going to do as much cardio in training because we're just going to focus on you getting bigger. Yeah. But even with that, he never told me, like, all right, we're going to get you more explosive, we're going to get you actual strength, functional strength, not just bulky. Yeah. You know, so... I just, I kept going like that for years and the injuries would accumulate. Like my, my shoulders were real bad. My shoulders would, you know, kind of pop every time I tried to do something with them. Mm. My back was going out. My knee was going out, but I just kept going with what I was doing. No warm up, no stretching, heavy lifting, getting punched in the face. You know, why are we just taking heavy stuff? Always wanted to know why is like, why aren't I getting better at actually doing this? Like I understand all the techniques. I, I like to think that I have a good understanding of the sport. Why am I not able to perform them in sparring? Mm. You know, but my body, like you said, is taking a beating. I feel sore. I feel exhausted all the time. I must be pushing myself. And that's fine. Dang, Work so through the injuries. Like always exhausted then. Yep. Like, did your body feel heavy? Did you lose the motivation? How was, yeah. how was it back there, there then? There were so many feel? days where it was just not wanting to go to the gym. Not mm-hmm. wanting to lift, not wanting to train, I still went. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's a conversation I was having with Carla. It was like, you know, the, the the whole idea of taking time off because of injury or whatever the case was, or because we're sore, that wasn't a thing for us. And she would ask, like, is it because we would get in trouble? Like, we would get yelled at if we yeah. took a day off? And it was none of that. It was just none of us wanted to take a day off. 
Was that because if was this an ego thing where okay if I don't go to the gym the next guy's gonna get better, and he's gonna beat me up the next. At time the I beginning, yeah, him. because yeah. that that was the mindset I got from pro wrestling because mm. always see that you know you can't get hurt because someone's gonna take your spot. You know, but as I kind of got wiser in, in MMA, I was like, that's not necessarily the case, especially at, I'm not competing. I'm not trying. I'm not making a run for a title. But at the time it did in the beginning. Right? At the beginning, it yeah. Oh, okay. at the beginning, yeah. You know, because it was like, all right, you have this idea that there's a time frame of when you're going to be in your prime to fight. Mm. You know, so I was like, if I'm going to miss all this time because of injury and soreness, I was like, I'm always going to be sore. I'm never going to be 100% because my body's always going to be aching. Yeah. I was like, why why take that time off? Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. Just keep going. And that's right. that's what I did. And there were so many times during lifting that I was like, fuck, I can't pick up these weights. And yeah. I forced myself to pick up these weights. And that's when the injuries were happening. Mm. But the way I was lifting wasn't helping me in the sport anyway. Yeah. You know, all the sparring, the way that I was sparring wasn't helping me anyway. You know, especially at the beginning. And, and one of the biggest things that I blame for losing my fight, I was relying too much on my wrestling and not wanting to get better at the other aspects of the sport. And the striking and all. Mm-hmm. Mm. My opponent ended up being a real good wrestler. Mm. So I couldn't use my wrestling on him. If mm. I would have had better hands, because you know, Anthony told me in the end of the second round that the uppercuts were working. I don't remember throwing uppercuts. When I watched the fight back, it was like, oh, those are the uppercuts that he's talking about. Mm. You know, but at the time I didn't see it. When I was in the fight, I didn't see it. And I kept trying to wrestle the guy. And he kept ragdolling me. So that's where the idea of getting bigger came from. Mm. You know, and I I forget the year, but I hurt my back real bad to the point where I couldn't move. My sciatic nerve was just out of whack. Mm -hmm. I, I... don't know how I got through the classes other than just stubbornness of not wanting to be hurt in front of people. Yeah. You know, so I, I muscled through the class and as soon as everybody left, I would just collapse. You know, so I knew I had to do something. That had to be in 2018 because that's when I met DDP mm-hmm. for the first time. And I got on his yoga program and that's what really started helping my back. Yeah. You know, but I was still lifting the same way. I just thought it was like, okay, now I can be, now I can actually do this because now I have this yoga routine that's going to help me do this. You know, but I still wasn't getting, accomplishing my goals in the sport and my sparring. So I knew things weren't working. Yeah, because I mean, you were still doing the same thing. You were adding more things to your plate, but it doesn't mean like you were still adding more stuff. You were not reducing stuff you're not adjusting stuff you're just adding i'm just adding and i'm just showing up day after day after day and then some might some might find it okay he's obsessed it's admirable for you to be going to the gym every day Mm -hmm. you're training every day so you're putting your body through so much stress but you're pushing yourself which means that you're really dedicated you know it looks cool on the outside but then in reality you're not feeling your best every day yep so that's how you know things are not working yep you know, and, and that's when I knew I had to start making some changes. One, because I wasn't even 30 at the time and my body's failing me. You know, I'm not moving the way that I want to move. I'm cutting out sparring because of the headaches. I'm cutting out sparring because my knee hurts, because my back hurts. So I can't grapple because if I move the wrong way, my back's going to go out. And I'm not even 30 yet. Yeah. You know, so I knew changes had to be made 
Um, you know, and Carla got her personal training certification and then she started getting certified under um, Phil DeRue. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's the strength and conditioning coach for American Top Team. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I finally just, I was tired of getting beat up in sparring. The times that I did spar because of lack of practice, because I couldn't move, because of all these things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I it always bugged me and it still bugs me to this day as a former wrestler and the double leg being like the first actual combat move that I learned. I still don't have the best double leg. And it bugged me because it was like I was always getting takedowns off the cage or body locks. But I wanted that double leg. Mm. You know, but I just, one, my knee wasn't cooperating. And if I did get the distance that I needed, my back wasn't cooperating. Oof, that's painful. You know, so, and I'm staying the same size. I'm, I'm, I am I'm plateaued. I was stuck at 133 pounds. Mm. You know, because after the last fight I was supposed to have, I, I cut to the catch weight agreement of 130. And then I checked my weight again like a month later and I was still barely 132, 133. Oh, wow. You know, so I was like, even through a weight cut, I'm still the same weight, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I just got, I got fed up with the way things were going. So I had to change things. Yeah. You know, at that time, I was like, all right, I'm going to start taking over the gym. You know, I have other responsibilities. I'm, you know, fighting is not, competing is not what's in front of me. You know, but then once I took over and I started getting comfortable on the, on the business side of things and it's like, all right, we started getting more people that wanted to compete. So I was like, I need to step it up as a coach for competition as well. And that's when I started jumping in more and started realizing right then and there that it's like, I may know more than the younger guys, but they're moving better than me and they're getting to things faster than me. So I need to start changing things. And that's when I finally settled and I was like, you know what? The way that I'm lifting isn't working. Yeah. So I had Carla start putting me through what her certification is. I think something to really point out is that you took that upon yourself to change those things about you. Because I think some of us, know that we lack or need to do something about it but it's not until we really sit down and be honest when and tell ourselves like okay this is really not what's working mm. you could have easily just ignored it yeah even though you knew you could have just been like okay whatever i'm just gonna keep doing me and whatever yeah but no you're like you noticed that your body wasn't feeling well now you're not moving like you want to you're not performing like you want to you're losing that you're losing that enthusiasm for the sport again mm-hmm. now everything's like essentially going against you but instead of saying you know if i can't just gonna say it like that you're like you know what i'm just gonna start changing things up but you had to do that like you wanted yeah. to do that and i think some of us are so stuck into that cycle where it's like okay i know i'm doing something and i'm pushing myself every day but then it's like eh, i don't see progress but i'm just gonna keep doing it because patience is key and and that's that that was one of the biggest things that concerned me because i told carlos like you know i'm i'm not happy with the way that I look you know like I said I always wanted to be big and I'm stuck at 133 yeah you know so when she starts writing these programs and she's having me lift less weight mm-hmm. I was like Carla this isn't gonna work right cause you're <laughs> like what are you doing you're you're um insulting me by having yeah. this little baby weight you know because I I told her I was like I don't want to lose the size that I have she's like just trust it 
<laughs> and it bugged me so much because oh, I I'd go through the program. I was like, ego. Carla, there's no bench press here. There's no you know this. There's no that. And she's like, just trust it, you know. And I trusted it. And there, there's a video that I've been sitting on that it's I I still get a little shy when I see the progress that I've made because it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's it's me, you know. Mm-hmm. But that. For those that are subscribed to YouTube, you'll see it because I posted it on YouTube this weekend on a short, but I haven't posted it on Instagram or Facebook yet, you know, but that was a relatively short change or a short amount of time between the clips and the video that just, it seems crazy to me because it took me, essentially it took me 10 years to gain 20 pounds, you know, so to see the change that I went through so quickly because... I was stuck at 133 for so long. I changed my plan. I changed the routine. Mm-hmm. Changed a little bit of my diet. I still don't have the best diet. And we were talking about that today. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the thing that I really need to change to kind of put everything together. You know, but I was stuck at 133 for so long. And then I, you know, so my next goal was I was like, I'm going to get to 145. You know, and I just blew right past the 140s and made it to 150. <laughs> mm. And now I've kind of been chilling between 153 and 157 for the past year or two. You know, and I'm comfortable there. I can feel the difference in my strength. I can feel the difference in my explosiveness. I can feel the difference in my sparring. Mm-hmm. I'm able to spar again comfortably and find more success than I was finding before. Because mm. you definitely feel stronger. And I think a lot of it is your mindset. Yeah. You have... You know, you have, you grew up with this mindset that you were small and you didn't like that about yourself. Mm-hmm. You were small and like you could say weaker, right? Mm-hmm. And you always wanted to be bigger. And so now that you finally accomplished that goal, now your mindset doesn't focus on the weight. Your mindset's not going, okay, I'm going to gain weight and, and gain strength. I'm just and between, focusing on my skill. between those two things, my mindset became unbroken. Okay. Because my knee hurts, my back hurts, my head hurts. I can't spar anymore. I can't keep up anymore. Mm-hmm. This is it's behind me now. You're just a coach. Mm. That's what the mindset was before. Mm. Before I got to where I am, it was between, you know, I need to get bigger, and I'm happy with the way that I'm sparring now. Right between that was that that I'm done. Mm. You know, and, and that's where. You know, the exhibition match that I had with Caesar last year was such a big deal for me. And some people might say, it's like, well, you know, it was just a fight within your gym. Yeah. Like, but for me, it was a fight with someone that was learning really quick, that has a lot of potential in this sport, and that was younger than me. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I just wanted to keep up with him for three rounds. That's all I, that's all I wanted. You know, and I think that was the first like, quote-unquote, coming out party for the new Taz with the way that I was training. And it felt good. Yeah. You know, I felt like I was able to move. I was able to strike. I got tired, you know. I was kind of also dealing with a sinus infection at the time. Couldn't breathe. You were almost going to pass out. Yeah, you know. But I was able to still do what I did. Mm. You know, and and call it ego, call it self-sabotage at the same time. You know, with the the training camps that we've been doing, like, typically I was staying on the outside of the cage. But with Caesar and Lee, when they started the training camp before they moved the fights, I was really nervous Mm -hmm. to jump in there with them. Mm -hmm. You know, because after the exhibition 
match with Caesar, you know, I would jump in here or there, but I wasn't sparring on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I jumped in with the fighters, there was a bit of nerves for me to spar because it's like, one, I want them to do well in their fights, so I need to give them good rounds. Mm-hmm. But I was like, can I keep up with them still? So even after what I did, I, my mind still went back to, I can't keep up with them because they're younger. Does this, um, I guess, does this doubt come in from your fear of getting old? I think that's, that, that might you, be it. You did mention like you keeping up and then you did mention what the Caesar situation, mm-hmm. he's young. Mm-hmm. So like, do you categorize yourself now? Okay, I'm a business owner, I'm old. Not that, just happen, not or? just the business owner side of things. It's or just like the age group. The there's so many years of training improperly. Mm. I think aged my body faster than what it needed. Mm. But in my mind, it wasn't. Well, in my mind, it was aging, and it what I never looked at it as improper training, unhealed injuries, and just compensations that my body had that were a direct result from the way that I was training. Mm-hmm. You know, so once I added the yoga, once I added the the better lifting. Yeah. Once I also go to the chiropractor at least three times a month. And actually hitting pads at least once or twice a week, grappling at least once or twice a week. All of that started helping me feel not necessarily aged, but I was just training improperly. Mm. you know and that's when I kind of started seeing things as a coach it's like all right and that's kind of the going back to how all of this started with the the frustrations of things now that I have so many people interested in competing Mm -hmm. it's figuring out the right way to train them physically but also mentally because physically I feel great but on the days that I feel stressed or I feel Mentally not there. I don't perform the way that I want to perform. And I'm talking in sparring. I'm talking on the pads. I'm talking even teaching my classes. Yeah. You know? So all of that has to come together. You have to have the right training physically. Mm-hmm. And then you got to make sure that your mind is right. Yeah. You know? And as far as pushing yourself in the gym, I started saying, I said it a few weeks ago. Showing up is just half the battle. You know, everyone wants to tell you how how good of a job you're doing by showing up and staying disciplined, Mm -hmm. but that's only half the battle. You got to put in the work. And if you're just going through the motions, that's not putting in the work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I forgot who said it. Someone said it, and I really liked it. It it was probably Zach. Mm -hmm. Zach, Zach dropped some... Some good knowledge on people the past few weeks, you know, but the the classes, (laughs) the the classes are where you're going to see the techniques for the first time, but you get good at them on your own. The amount of time that we practice is not enough to get good at these techniques. You can see them, you can have a general understanding of them, but you're going to really get good at those techniques on your own. How much are you practicing it at on your own? How much are you studying it on your own? How much are you trying it and sparring? If you're sparring. You know, so showing up to the class, yeah, that's great, but you gotta 
go beyond that class. Mm-hmm. Stay for sparring. Mm-hmm. Try out for the comp team. Shadow box after class. Record yourself at home to make sure you're doing it right. You know, because all of those repetitions are what's going to count. And for for me, that's that was always pushed as the repetition thing. Mm-hmm. So we were just all almost obsessed in getting the repetitions, mm-hmm. no matter how our body felt. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like we also got to take care of our bodies too. Yeah. You know, our bodies are going to go through hell in competition if we don't prepare them for the proper way. Yeah. They're going to go through hell no matter what. You know, but if your body's not conditioned to go through hell in that way, it's not going to do you anything. Mm. You know, I used the example a few months ago. You're not going to get ready for a marathon by doing Arnold Schwarzenegger's bodybuilding Mm. routine. Right? That's dumb. Yeah. So, and I can say that firsthand because that's what I used to do. Arnold was one of the main guys that I used to watch how he lives to try to lift like him. While also trying to get better at MMA. Yeah. And it just wasn't working. Yeah. You know, that's, I, I had my most injuries during that time. Yeah, just different body mechanics. Mm-hmm. Different um, workouts. You know, so if you want to get good, you better put in the right work. Not necessarily always the hard work. You know, and if you don't know how to do that, if you think just sweating profusely is going to be a sign of a good workout... If you're not good at takedowns, if you're not getting takedowns and you're going to do a grappling tournament, how much better, closer are you to getting takedowns in in practice? Yeah. Because that's going to be an indication of how much you're working or how hard you're working. Mm -hmm. Because if you weren't getting any takedowns, but now you're starting to get some takedowns here and there, now you're pushing yourself. Mm -hmm. You're pushing yourself to be better. Mm -hmm. That's what you want to look for. You know, and that's why we always push people to take notes and not just taking notes on the techniques but what's working what's not working Mm. be honest with yourself with what's not working I want to get better at the double leg but if I'm trying to give someone a good round or if I'm trying to just get repetitions I'm going to do what I'm good at Mm -hmm. and that's what people should be doing in training camps training camp is not a time to learn something new Mm. a training camp is a time to learn how you're going to win And you need to win, quote-unquote win, because there's no winning or losing in the gym. But the repetitions of how you're going to win in that competition, you need that at the gym. Mm. Yeah, like you said, it wouldn't magically appear in the fight. No. Yeah. You know, so you got to be able to get there mentally as well during training. If you're just going nonchalant about things, then it's not going to work. Yeah, your body. If you're not putting a little bit of urgency in your training... Like, for me, it was, it was that. Even when, okay, we're taking care of each other. We're not getting blasted in the face anymore. But if you touch my forehead, that could have been a knockout shot. Yeah. I don't want you to touch my forehead like that. So that means I need to move my head more. You know, there had to be a little bit of urgency in that. I always think of the urgency um, scenario with just being on my back. Like, when you always say... Like, when you're on your back, and I mean, you can still work your game on your back, but if you're in an MMA fight and you're on your back, you're going to get your ass beat, you know? Mm-hmm. So every time I think of urgency, I think of being in that position where you're on your back, someone's on top of you and mount, and you're getting your butt booped. Yep. So it's like, do you want to be in that position? You need to get up. And get up, have the urgency to get up and, you and get need, them back. And you need to be able to do that 
while controlling your emotions without mm-hmm. freaking out. Mm-hmm. And the only way that's going to happen is if you're there multiple times. You know, and that's why in, in training we do worst case scenarios. And if we're not doing that, depending on mm, three things you need to know in a fight. Yourself, your opponent, your environment. You know, so when you're training with somebody, maybe you're training with someone that you have more experience than. Let them get a takedown and get on top. Mm-hmm. And, and and work repetitions on getting up. You know, because in the training camp, we got to prepare for anything and everything. And as much as we can. Because we're not going to get through everything in however long the camp is. Yeah. But if, if your weakness is getting out of mount, someone's mounted you, you need to get out. We're going to rep that. But we're also going to show you how to prevent that from happening. Because the best defense is not getting put there at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but if you're not a comfortable or used to being there, that's a problem too. Yeah. You know, so it's tricky. But it's with so many people at the gym and now more people that are wanting to compete. I can't grab everybody, everybody by the hand to do that. Yeah. People need to do that themselves. Yeah. When I went through my training camp, my coach tore his bicep. He's not there a lot. I had to do these things on my own. You know, for the last camp that I had, and take away Mark taking over the last four weeks of it. Yeah. The first five weeks of it, I was doing things on my own. And I was recording the rounds to see what I was doing to make adjustments on my own. And I had to be honest with myself. I was like, I got my ass beat today. <laughs> Why did I get my ass beat today so I can fix that for next week? Mm-hmm. You know, and I want people to be comfortable doing that. Not yeah. because I don't care about them or how they perform. It's quite the opposite. It's because I do care. Mm-hmm. And I do care that they understand those things on their own. I'm going to be there to help, but I can't get in their heads to push them the way that they need to be pushed. And that's the post that I made this week. Um, Only the people that want to see the change in themselves can be held accountable. Because I can tell you, you can come up to me and and ask me for accountability. And I was like, okay, if you don't do this, you got 100 burpees. But if you're not going to do the burpees and if you're not going to do the thing that you're asking me to keep you accountable for... What the fuck is the point? Yeah. You need to be able to want it for yourself. Because if I give you burpees for not doing it, you know why. Yep. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to be held by the hand at all times, like you say. I'm not a babysitter. I signed up to be a coach. You're not a daddy there, like... No. Nope. Thinking that you're... You know, so if you want to do a grappling tournament... You put in the work. And train. Yeah. If you've done grappling tournaments and you're tired of losing, be honest with yourself with why you're losing. You know, if, if, if you're losing the same way in competition, the same way that you're losing in training, that's an easy fix. Yeah. You know, because you got to stop losing like that in training. Yeah, yeah. But if you're kicking ass in training and you're losing in your competitions, mm-hmm. that's a little bit trickier because that's no longer a physical thing. Your mindset. That's your mindset. You know, so that's the part that's kind of been the frustration of trying to figure out in people for me the past few months. Mm. You know, because like I said, I 
came from an era that's still learning about those things, learning about, you know, proper training. CTE wasn't a big thing back yeah. then. You know, mental health isn't as big as it is now. Yeah. You know, so all those things were, were kind of learning and figuring out on the fly with my coaches too. Yeah. But it all starts with ourselves. Yeah. You know, because the coach can only see what you're showing him. Because I've seen that so many times too. That as soon as the coach starts watching, there's certain people that are going to up in their game. As soon as the coach turns their back, lazy. <laughs> that's not accountability. That's you know, just... so that's teaching your body certain reps that you don't want it to learn. It's like you behave just when someone's watching. Yep. Like you work when someone's actually watching, but what do you do? You really work on your own, you know. And then even if that's the case. You're only working for a certain amount of time. So you're not a, used to pushing for a longer time period at that point. Yeah. You know, because if I, we're at the gym and we got 20-something people in the class, I'm going to watch one group work yep. for 10, 15 seconds before I got to move on to the next group to mm -hmm. make sure everyone's equal. Everyone's getting what they need to get, you know. And now you put yourself in a competition where the coach is watching you the entire mm -hmm. time and you don't know how to push yourself for that entire time yeah. you're going to get physically tired you're going to get mentally tired yeah. and frustrated and that's how you're not going to perform yeah you know so just work hard whether the coach is watching you or not yeah you know but mm -hmm. <sighs> I'm tired. that was tight yeah that took a lot you're out of speaking facts <laughs> work hard without having that accountability from other people yeah work hard for yourself yep because at the end of the day you know and it, it it's one of those things that for me as a coach it sucks and you know i think i, I, I might have talked about it, i might not have people's lives move on yeah you know once they decide that they're done with the sport they're done training and there's obviously people that are different yeah you know but even people that just train i find out that they're you know cancel their membership for whatever reason through text message or they'll tell carla but no one tells me anything mm. you know or if i do hear it's like oh you know i moved yeah i need to cancel my membership there's no thank you there's no great training I, I get a few of those and i really really do appreciate the people that do that yeah you know but at the end of the day, people move on. Yeah. I stay in the same room. I stay at the gym. Yeah. I stay with these memories and the, these experiences of people the way that they are. Mm -hmm. So the new people that are coming in, the younger people that come in, there's always new people coming in. Yeah. They get me knowing what I've been through with other people. You know, mm -hmm. and everybody else just gets to move on. You know, so many people say, well... It's just an amateur fight. Once you go pro, your record starts over again. Mm. Not everyone's going to go pro, number one. Not everyone. And this is my my amateur coaching career never goes away. Mm. You know, so it's fine and dandy that you're looking out for yourself. Yeah. But don't put that in other people's heads and don't just act nonchalant because this is my career that we're talking about. Mm. Even if I start getting pro fighters, I'm still going to be training amateur fighters. Yeah. My record doesn't get a restart. 
Mm. You know, so if you're going to go with that kind of mindset where it's just an amateur fight, so you're going to half-ass it, do it somewhere else. Your record can restart, but mine won't. So don't try to mess up my record just because you want to half-ass things or because you need an outlet or because you just want to a challenge or try something different. Mm. If you're not actively trying to be the best person you can be, because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for people that want to be the best that they can be. Mm. Facts. Preach. Amen to all that. You know, but... Yeah. It is. That's it. Now that's it. That was the my second went. But now I'm done. <laughs> I'm out of breath. Well, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> We should be more mindful in what we do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully it opens up a lot of people's eyes or something. At least it dings something in that light bubble of theirs. You know? Yeah, Let's just see. something. You know, because... Be real with yourself. People can tell me whatever they want. They can show me whatever they want, but if it's not real, if it's not true, then there's nothing I can do about it. If you don't want that for yourself then you need to make that change. Nobody else is going to make that change. I, like you said, I realized that things weren't working for me in my training. So I had to change things. I didn't do it by myself. Yeah, I had right. to ask for help. You asked for help. Right. And I asked for help. I got the help. I listened to the help. I trusted the help. Even though I've been lifting and training longer than Carla has, she has a different experience in education. I had to trust it. Yeah. Yeah. Trust the right people, the people that want to help you and know what they're doing. Yep. Yep. That was it. To follow along with that or if you haven't seen the video if you want to see the video that I'm probably going to post about it this week now that I've talked about it you can follow me on all the major social media platforms at Taz MMA underscore fitness as well as YouTube at Taz Knows and then you can follow Nene on Instagram at Nene underscore MMA underscore CMM and then subscribe to her YouTube and Patreon and that's it no? yeah um thank you guys for listening and we will catch you guys back next week bye